shut up, you listen to my monkey mouth. As a companion, when you got pun on the canoe route, popped in a portal and got in a fight. Elias knocked him out. Bow, Marco fighting style. Bow, you'll see he tapped out. Bow, we win, we get crowned. Monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth. Alrighty everybody, welcome back. This the 42nd iteration of the Kona Hook Companion. This is Joshua, as always, and I'm your Kona Hook Companion. And thank you so much for joining me on this episode. On this episode, we're going to be covering episode 41 of Naruto, entitled Kunoichi Rumble, The Rivals Get Serious. But before we get too far off into that, I want to go over the previous episode kind of quickly in my own words to make sure that we're all caught up. So, on the previous episode... Kakashi and Orochimaru have their standoff after uh, Kakashi performs the curse sealing jutsu on Sasuke, right? Um, this causes Sasuke to like pass out due to the agony of, of, of the process, right? Evidently, it's like a really tough process to have to go through. Um, Orochimaru like emerges out of the shadows and confronts Kakashi. And Kakashi busts out his Chidori and tells Orochimaru that if he takes uh, one more step towards Sasuke, one of them is going to die today. Uh, this gives Orochimaru like a big, huge belly laugh, but at the end of the day, he does actually turn tail um, and demands that Sasuke is going to come to him of his own volition seeking, seeking power. Uh, Kakashi, like, Thinks to himself, like, am I out of my fucking mind? Telling that to one of the legendary Sanin, like, what was going through my brain? But, uh, ultimately, Orochimaru dips out. He does give, uh, he does say that his plan will fall apart if he gets killed. And, like, when he has his back to Kakashi, he gives Kakashi, like, an opportunity to attack him from behind. He's like, if you think you can do it, now's your opportunity to try and get one over on all Orochimaru and... Kakashi's frozen and like he only hesitates for like a split second but that's all that's all Orochimaru gave him he didn't give him a whole lot of time um you know Kakashi second guessed himself and that was all it took for Orochimaru to be out of there uh back in the uh battle arena where the tuning exams are going on um Shino Shino and Zaku have their fight um Shino gets, uh, had been previously hit by Zaku's slicing sound wave jutsu, and at this point Shino recovers from it, um, and this, like, stuns everybody, right, like, I thought he was done for, uh, and it turns out that he has an entire army of chakra-eating beetles ambushing Zaku from behind. Shino offers for him to forfeit, as he doesn't stand a chance against both Shino and his horde of beetles, with two bum arms. Zaku, at that point, flashes back to how he got tied up with Orochimaru. He was basically a poor kid on the streets stealing, uh, where Orochimaru baited him with the promise of making him powerful, um, but now, effectively, he's just, like, a sacrificial pawn in Orochimaru's, like, ominous grand plan. So, like, clearly, Orochimaru's, like, not a nice guy. Um, Zaku, through uh, sheer force of will, forces his other arm to work, and points his, uh, his jutsu at both Shino and the Horde of Bugs. Um, but when he tries to use his jutsu, his arms basically pop like balloons. And it turns out that Shino had plugged uh, Zaku's air holes with uh, a number of his beetles. And so 
um, there was nowhere for the air to go. Uh, and so the first thing that gave out was his arms and they popped and he has like, it's, he's fucked up. He's fucked up real bad. Zaku uh, tries to fist fight with his bum arms, but basically gets uppercutted to sleep. Uh, it's revealed that uh, through the utilization of Neji's Byakugan, uh, that Shino's basically a, a living uh, human beetle nest and uh, is a member of the legendary Hidden Leaf clan of Bugmasters. Um, and Shino is Shino Abarame, right? So it's clear that, like, the legendary clan of bug-taming ninja from the Hidden Leaf Village are the Abarame clan. Uh, the fight ends, and uh, Shino's declared the winner, and Kakashi, like, returns from his interaction with Sasuke and Orochimaru. Sakura demands to know how Sasuke's con uh, demands to know what Sasuke's condition is, and Kakashi eases her mind, promising that he's sleeping safe and sound, even though he does fail to mention that he's currently under the protection of the Anbu Black Ops. Which again, I don't know how effective that's going to be against someone like Orochimaru. It's already been stated clearly that Orochimaru is actually single-handedly dealt with entire troops of the Anbu Black Ops, and so I, I don't believe that they're going to be able to keep Orochimaru away if he so chooses to come back, just based on what has been previously discussed in dialogue with other characters. Hayate Gekko, after he uh, declares Shino the winner, uh, gets the third fight going, and he announces that it's Konkuro of the Sound Siblings um, in the Hidden Sand, and Surugi of Team Kabuto, mm -hmm who is really a sound ninja working for Orochimaru, who's uh, operating as a spy as a Hidden Leaf Guinea. Mm. Mm. Let me see here. So that's the end of the episode. Um, the Konkuro and Surugi square off, and they like talk a little shit back and forth, and the episode ends. right? And so... Uh, that brings us to the start of the current episode where Konkuro takes the item that's like wrapped in bandages off his back and stands it up next to him and has his arm like propped on it cool guy style. Konkuro talks a little smack and Surugi immediately attacks throwing the first strike which Konkuro effectively blocks. Surugi's limbs suddenly become highly flexible uh, and he does this by dislocating all of his joints and controlling them with chakra, per his own words and dialogue. Um, it looks to me a lot like how Orochimaru had been wrapping himself around the trees in the Forest of Death. Um, and Tsurugi wraps up all of Konkuro's limbs and puts him in a chokehold. Tsurugi warns uh, Konkuro that he won't be able to get uh, the thing that he was carrying on his back and that he uh, will break his neck in an instant if he wants to, um, but he offers Konkuro a chance to uh, admit defeat and submit before he gets hit with certain death. Kabuto smiles and refuses, warning that he isn't the one that's about to die. Surugi's the one who's about to die. Uh, and to the shock of everyone, myself included, Surugi breaks Konkuro's neck in an instant. And Konkuro's like, lifeless right he's just like laying there dead and he's just like being held up by 
um, Surugi uh, because Surugi's like completely wrapped around him like a like an anaconda or something. As Surugi goes to let go of Conqueror, Conqueror's corpse um, has like some white stuff crack and fall off of his face, <clears throat> and it lands on the ground. And Conqueror suddenly spins his head around 180 degrees and looks directly at Surugi. And you can see that his face is cracked, and clearly his human face has just been plastered over the top of something else. And it's a ninja puppet. Um, and we haven't experienced ninja puppets yet, but I'm not going to dive too far off into it because they do go over it more in dialogue, and I'll explain more about it uh, in, in this episode. We're not going to we're not just going to glaze over. He then tells Surugi that it's his turn, and suddenly several arm-like appendages erupt out of the body of the puppet, and they wrap themselves around Surugi tightly. <clears throat> and drink it, see. The puppet, while it has Surugi opened up, uh, excuse me, while the puppet has Surugi constricted, it like opens its mouth at him really widely, and uh, Konkuro is revealed to be uh, the thing that was on what we thought was his back, right? Like the the Konkuro who walked into the fight was a puppet, and Konkuro was masquerading as the puppet on the puppet's back, wrapped up in bandages, and he was actually controlling this puppet um, from the puppet's back with these like uh, threads that are infused with chakra that like come out of all of his fingertips, and that's how he controls these um, these puppets. And uh, so he like pulls a particular bandage, and like all the bandages come erupting off of him. And at this point, Surugi realizes that Konkuro has been controlling the puppet the whole time, and that Konkuro is in fact a puppet master. Which is, uh, I mean, come on, like, your, your Kabuto's teammate, you would think that Kabuto would have at least given those guys the basic information that they need about the, the people uh, that they could be potentially competing against. But then again, we might not fully understand uh, Kabuto's intentions or in-game. Um, and so, who knows why he didn't fully inform his teammates. There definitely seems to be, like, some weird animosity, at least, between him and Yoroi. The third member of Team Kabuto. It shows us here the ninja threads infused with chakra coming from the tips of each of Konkuro's fingers for the very first time. And they don't really explain it, um, but what's happening is they infuse chakra into those threads and then they pull it and that's how they, you know, it's a fucking puppet. Not rocket science. Um, Konkuro's puppet begins to tighten its hold on Surugi and Surugi screams in agony and uh, screams that he's had enough and that he's given that he gives in Konkuro laughs and mocks but with your bones all crushed think how much more flexible you could be and this is like a savage ass line like he's like I don't give a fuck if you're if you're admitting that you're done, I'm gonna crush you because you tried to break my neck. Like zero sympathy, which I can't blame him. This guy tried to kill him. Like this is this is this is a, a real fight, like a real fight at this point. If he hadn't been a puppet, he if he hadn't had a puppet in place of him, he'd have gotten his neck broke. And so I, I I can't imagine that he has too many qualms about absolutely crushing this guy's bones to dust. 
Hayate Gecko uh, at this point thanks to himself that he almost stopped the match in the middle. Uh, and so it like, without directly saying it, reveals that Conqueror had even managed to fool the Proctor with his puppet play. The Proctor then declares, Hayate Gecko, the Proctor then declares Conqueror the winner. And Naruto complains to Kakashi that two-on-one is hitting below the belt and asks how that's even fair. Kakashi explains that it's uh, it's really not two-on-one. The second character is actually just a puppet. Which, again, I don't think that Naruto has ever seen any puppet jutsu at this point. I don't think we've ever seen any puppet jutsu users in the Hidden Leaf. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's like a foreign novel thing to him, and he's trying to get it explained. Sakura, at this point, chimes in and explains that the puppet is just a ninja tool, like a shuriken or what have you. So whenever you see these guys using puppets, just think of them as like really, really well-equipped ninjas. And they haven't shown it yet, but like working these puppets has some potential drawbacks, right? Like it isn't all good when you're doing puppet stuff. There, there are some ways that you can, you can put yourself at a disadvantage by working the puppets, or, or that being your primary form of attack. Although it hasn't gone into that yet, so we're not going to dive too deep off into it. But just know, like, there's there's benefits and drawbacks to every type of fighting style, including Puppet Master Jutsu. Just so happened that he had the jump on him, right? Homie didn't know that he was going to be working that Puppet Master Jutsu. And so it, like, just came out of nowhere and, like, got him a clear advantage. And this was, like, the fastest fight so far, right? Like, this was, like, pretty damn quick. Like, they threw one punch, Surugi wrapped him up offered for him to uh to quit he didn't quit he broke his neck uh conqueror revealed that the neck that had just gotten broken was that of a puppet the puppet wraps up surugi crushes him and hayate gecko declares him the winner we're not even halfway through the episode they've already the fight's already over so that's a quick one and again this he's a member of team sand his brother's gara and like they're on this team that like set the world record for the for this uh forest to death part of the tuning exams and stuff and so you know you you want to think that it's all gara but like conqueror is clearly capable of pulling his own weight the medical team takes surugi away and sakura thinks to herself that everyone fighting wields their chakra so perfectly and that she thought that her chakra control was gonna be her advantage and that's clearly not going to be the case, considering the level of ninja that she's going to be going up against. So she starts to like kind of doubt herself. At this point, the title slide comes in, and Sakura and Ino read in unison Kunoichi's rumble. The rivals get serious. It takes us to Sakura, who's washing her face in front of a mirror in the restroom when she spots Ino in the mirror standing behind her. Ino mocks that Sakura's jumpy, and for good reason, that she and that she basically can't imagine what's going to happen to Sakura if she actually goes and competes after someone as awesome as, as after someone as awesome as Sasuke even collapsed after his fight and that she should just quit right like if this if this is a test that's so tough that it causes Sasuke to collapse what's it going to do to you you little weakling basically Sakura runs her finger through her runs her fingers through her hair like that and is reminded of the time that she had to cut herself free from Keen's grip. Remember, Keen is a member of Team Sound, um, with a well, Team Dosu, right? With Dosu, Zaku, and Keen. She's the girl with the long black hair. And she's reminded of the time that she had to cut herself free from Keen's grasp in the Forest of Death, 
uh, when her hair isn't as long as it used to be in the beginning. Remember, Keen had her by the hair and she cut her hair to get loose. And now she's like, oh, my hair, and it's not there. And that, like, reminds her of what she's been through. And she realizes that if she made it through that, then she can make it through this bullying in the restroom. And she then turns and says to, to Eno aloud, I won't quit, not ever. And she goes to walk past Eno, but stops as she gets to her and tells her, in fact, I can't wait, and continues walking by. Back in the battle arena, the proctor of the third exam, Hayate Gekko, gets the next fight going. It turns out to be Eno and Sakura are the ones who have been chosen at random for the fourth fight, setting up a big fight between Leaf Village rivals, right? They're both girls, they're both after Sasuke, they're both from the Leaf, they've got history, this is going to be an interesting fight. They square off in the battle arena, and Eno tells Sakura not to think that she'll take it easy on her. It shows Eno's Sensei Asuma up in the stands smoking a cigarette, thinking to himself how Eno was a standout among the rookie Kunoichi, and uh, wonders if she'll be able to bring herself to fight hard enough to win against Sakura. Right, like even her, even her Sensei is aware of like the pre-existing relationship between these two, and is wondering if uh, if Eno's going to have it in her to really put it on Sakura the way she needs to in order to win and become a become a Chunin. Her teammates, Shikamaru and Choji, remark aloud amongst themselves that this isn't an ideal situation for Ino, while Naruto simply cheers Sakura on. Hayate tells them to begin, and Sakura immediately goes on the offensive with a kick. Ino dodges and throws a counterpunch, and they're off. Both are swinging at each other with taijutsu, and both are dodging everything. When Eno leaps away to kind of get some space and reset, Sakura immediately throws several kunai at her, uh, which Eno is able to dodge them all and even manages to catch one of them as it's flying past her, flip it around her finger and throw it back at Sakura. Um, and she manages to throw and hit another kunai that Sakura is throwing at her. So, like, think about the coordination there. This girl, I mean, this, like she caught a shuriken as it went by her flicked it back and was able to hit a kunai out of midair like that so her her coordination and like utilization of ninja tools is going to be pretty on fleek you can already tell uh when the when the kunai clash in the air sakura immediately comes charging forward at this point it shows us a conversation in the stands unfolding between naruto and shikamaru um, one of uh, Eno's teammates. So basically you've got a teammate of Sakura and a teammate of Eno talking shit to one another in the stands, as you'd expect. Uh, and Naruto says that Sakura is dominating and Shikamaru calls him a fool and they have a little standoff, right? Shikamaru's like, what, you want to make a bigger deal out of it than it is? You want to do something about it? Because you'll lose, right? And so uh, Shikamaru is clearly like not scared of Naruto, but remember, most people at this point aren't fully aware of Naruto's capacity, right? He's like a low-level ninja, like Sasuke's a high-level ninja, Sakura's a mid-level ninja, and Naruto's a low-level ninja, and they're all in one group together so that there can be a balanced group, right? And so uh, a lot of people think pretty lowly of Naruto, 
Right. Remember, uh, Shino and, or excuse me, uh, Shikamaru and Choji's only real experience with Naruto out in the field is them coming up on the situation where uh, Sakura was having to protect Naruto and Sasuke from Team Dosu, and Naruto was just knocked out. Right. And they don't necessarily realize that, like, he got whopped by one of the legendary Sanin or anything like that. They just know that, like, he wasn't capable in the moment. Right. So, like, they. Naruto doesn't have the best rap necessarily with some of the other uh, uh, aspire, upcoming ninja. And this is a clear indication of that. Neji kind of misogynistically questions aloud, that's it? This is as good as Kunoichi can get in hand-to-hand -hand combat? Um, when Tintin interjects and says that they aren't limited by being female, they're being limited by not wanting to hurt one another. Using kid gloves is the way she put it. The fist fight down on the battle arena continues between Sakura and Ino. And Ino catches Sakura with a mean left hook to the liver and then goes to follow up with a right cross to the face. Um, but she has a flashback to Sakura, like a brief, like snap flashback to Sakura as a young kiddo. And instead of decking her, slaps the shit out of her. This causes Sakura to flashback to when she was a kiddo, where she and the other children were with an instructor who was explaining to them that as girls, they have a tough go as ninja, because they not only have to be able to fight, use the ninja weapons, do ninjutsu, and all the things that the boys do, but they also have to be able to blend in as women in other places so that they can, so that they can succeed as spies, right? Meaning they have to like have a wide knowledge base of the customs of women in, uh, in far off places. So if they get sent off to like one random nation somewhere off in the distance, they're going to be able to blend in and so they've got a little bit like extra homework that they have to do in order to like uh fulfill the role that the that the village has set aside for them the instructor then goes on to say that today's lesson is in flower arrangements and directs the students to go gather distinct flowers the students go to gather the flowers and sakura yells for ino to hold up as she runs over to ino she trips and ino mocks her for being a klutz they gang up and go gather flowers, um, and Sakura complains that she's just not very good at it. Uh, and so this prompts Eno to try and explain the process for making a good bouquet. Uh, Eno's family uh, like run a run a run a flower shop. They they make bouquets, so she knows about it. She explains that you have to find a main flower for it, and then you have to find some other flowers that complement your main flower. And explains that some of the flowers, or she explains some of the flowers, their names, and their typical roles in a bouquet. In this moment, a group of three bullies walk over and begin to pick on Sakura, calling her Billboard Brow and etc. The leader of the group, who's uh, later revealed to be a character named Vami, walks over and picks on Sakura and literally thumps her on the forehead. This angers Eno, and Eno throws several flowers into the bully's mouth, and this causes the bully to fall backwards. The two underlings of the main bully, Vami, um, freak out and go to, like, help out Vami. Eno mocks that Vami's head is so empty she mistook it for a vase. And Vami sits up and yells out angrily at Eno with the flower still in her mouth. Eno mocks that the flowers in her mouth are asin uh, asinite? 
aconite? I can't remember how they pronounce it in the show. A-C-O-N-I-T-E. It's a shinobi flower. And jokes that they aren't that poisonous, but that she should spit them out whenever she gets the chance. Uh, which sends the bullies like running away in fright. Eno laughs and tells Sakura that she didn't tell them that only the roots are poisonous and gives her a wink. And she like chuckles and sticks out her tongue playfully. Sakura blushes and thinks how great Eno is. She knows everything. Her clothes are stylish. She's way cute. She's good with her shuriken. Her ninjutsu's awesome. And she then goes on to think that compared to all of that, she's nothing. Eno senses something is wrong and asks about it. And Sakura asks, if you're a cosmos flower, which is like a purple pretty flower used as a centerpiece in bouquets, am I just a thorough And it's like a, a simple, like not exceptionally pretty f like filler plant for the bouquets. Right, so if you're the pretty centerpiece flower, am I just a filler plant? And Eno sighs and like kind of chews on her thoughts for a second uh, and tells Sakura that Sakura isn't even a flower. She's a bud still waiting to bloom. And this seems to make Sakura feel a little better and she uh, tells Eno that she's right. Uh, back in the here and now in the battle arena, Sakura clenches her fists and tells Eno that she's uh, not going to fight with her over Sasuke anymore, uh, she's not weak anymore, and that Eno isn't even on her radar, and that she isn't even, that Eno isn't even Sasuke's type, and then calls her like Eno Pig, um, which of course uh, Eno warns her not to push her luck and calls her a billboard brow. Uh, Naruto in the stands um, points out that Sakura said a bunch of mean stuff and that he's uh, never seen Eno look so scary. Kakashi explains that Sakura isn't one to act like that. She doesn't needlessly flaunt her power and callously hurt people, but she doesn't like Eno taking pity on her and pulling her punches either, which makes sense. Sakura then asks, um, back in a, down in the battle arena, Sakura asks, so I'm a bud waiting to flower, huh? And we flash back again to them two as youngsters, right? Lots of flashbacks this episode so far. Uh, Sakura then asks Eno why she gave her the ribbon. Remember, Eno gave Sakura the red ribbon that she was wearing her hair in way back in the day uh, when she was, uh, after an instance of her defending her from bullies. Basically, um, she gave her the red headband so that she could pull her hair back and show off her billboard brow and, like, conquer it. Eno then says, let's just, say, let's just say she thought that it would be... So, again, this is in a flashback, and Sakura is asking why she was given the red ribbon, and Eno says, like, let's just say I thought it would have been a waste for you to wilt away as a bud, because a little bud could possibly boom in, bloom into a flower even more beautiful than any cosmos flower. Right, so... Um, I helped you back in the day because I see you as this bud with all this potential and I want to see you actualize it. And this moves Sakura to tears, but she fights him back and acts like she's got dirt in her eyes when Eno asks about it. They finish their assignment and Sakura then thinks that she's uh, tried ever since then to try her best to not stay a bud forever and to bloom. She set her sights on Eno because she wanted to be like her. Eno set an example, 
and was a goal for Sakura to strive towards, and that is what has taken her as far as she's gone. But now it's time to surpass Ino. We gonna see. In the stands, Naruto asks Kakashi why these two are getting so worked up just looking at one another. And Kakashi laughs and thinks how it's funny that Naruto can't see how them two are just like him and Sasuke. He then tells Naruto that rivalries are tricky business, kind of mockingly, and that uh, he wouldn't know anything about it. And this like cues up Guy Sensei. And uh, Kakashi waves and Guy thinks how it burns him up inside when Kakashi tries to act all cool. Back in the battle arena, the girls have another flashback to when Sakura told Ino about uh, being put on the same team as Sasuke. They both resolve never to lose to one another. And Sakura goes to give the red ribbon back to Ino, but Ino refuses it, saying it was a gift meant to be worn on her forehead to keep her hair out of her face and for her to keep it. Sakura then demands that she's no longer going to chase after Ino and that the only thing going on her forehead is her ninja headband and when that day comes, she'll be a true shinobi. Ino smiles and says that she likes the plan and uh, they shake on it. Now back in the here and now in the battle arena, Ino tells Sakura she understands that they put their ninja headband... Uh, like. Uh, Ino tells Sakura she understands, and they put their headbands on at the same time. The standoff intensifies, and they say in unison, this time we do this right. No holding back a fair fight, and I'm going to win. They run towards one another, and both throw a punch at the same time, and their fists like meet like this. And when that happens, it sends a shockwave through the entire battle arena, uh, shocking everybody. And it like sends them back and they square off one more time and the beat drops and the episode ends, right? And so this is a really fun episode. We're going to see what comes of it right now. Like we got to see we got to see Conqueror win his fight. These girls got ramped up and now the real fight's finna begin. But uh, I have some final thoughts here and I'm going to go over them real quick instead of just kind of meandering in conversation. I've got something kind of concise that I can go over. And so... I think it's fun that uh, Surugi has the noodle body, right? Um, he dislocates all his joints and uses his chakra to control him. And I wonder if that's how Orochimaru does it. Um, because his jutsu looks just like Orochimaru's, the one that Orochimaru was using to like wrap himself around the trees and stuff like that. And so I wonder if, you know, you can see where... Uh, Orochimaru's students and former students uh, have like the mark of Orochimaru on them, right? Like uh, uh, the proctor of the second exam. I can't remember her name offhand. Um, yeah, I can't remember her name right now. Um, but either way, um, the proctor of the second exam, um, she used the snake jutsu and she had the curse mark and stuff. And now this guy is a, a student of Orochimaru's and he's using the, uh, the like, noodle body jutsu that, uh, that Orochimaru was using. So you can kind of see whenever these people get their influence from Orochimaru as their students. Um, Surugi is a legit killer, man. He wasted no time breaking what he believed to be Konkuro's neck whenever uh, they were fighting, right? Like, if that had been Konkuro, he'd have been dead, right? Like, Surugi's a killer. He don't give a fuck. 
Conqueror's puppet jutsu is badass. He had everyone fooled, even the proctor. Um, and so, uh, remember, uh, he also used the puppet jutsu to fool everybody uh, during the first part of the exam, the written part of the exam. He, uh, and so he's he's really really like slippery and tricky with this uh, with this puppet master jutsu. Conqueror is somebody to watch out for for sure. Um, I love that his puppet put Surugi in the cobra clutch, uh, like just constricted his ass and uh, ultimately uh, was like crushing him to death and, uh, and he had to concede defeat. Um, it looks like he controls the puppet with uh, the threads that are connected from his fingers to the puppet that are infused with his chakra, although that hasn't been like concisely defined yet, but I mean, come on, there's strings going from his fingers to the puppet and they're infused with blue chakra. I think that anybody who's paying real close attention at this point can pretty much effectively tell that he's using chakra-infused threads to control his puppet jutsu. I love that Sakura's grown and wasn't phased by Ino's attempt at bullying her in the bathroom, and that uh, she was able to like put her chest out and be like, I ain't worried about you. Matter of fact, I'm looking forward to this shit. How unfortunate is it, though, that Sakura and Ino have to fight one another? Uh, as much as they fight, they love each other, and neither of them really want to hurt one another. And so it's good for us because we get backstory and neat flashbacks and stuff, but it's bad for them because they got to go and, like, fight friends, right? No one wants to, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to fight um, your a, a village mate the way that, like, uh, Konkuro and Surugi were fighting, right? Like, I, I couldn't imagine... Sakura just breaking Eno's neck in 30 seconds because she's ready to go be a tuning. Like, obviously, they're like trying to be a little bit more considerate uh, than that of each other's health and well being. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it seems like maybe having village mates fight one another can kind of get in the way of, of the tuning exams and like it being a good barometer for how good a ninja these people are. But also, uh, whenever the Leaf Village is uh, single handedly sending more people to the tuning exams than all the other villages combined. It's, uh, it's, it's, an, it's an inevitability. They're going to have to do it. So they're just doing what they can with what they got. I love getting to see more of Sakura and Ino's backstory. These girls have history, history. Uh, Ino is basically the only one who befriended Sakura back in the day and protected her from bullies uh, whenever she was always getting bullied. Sakura can't help but compare herself to Eno and feels lesser than typically, but like in this fight, right, she's kind of hit a hit a hit a new mode and is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna surpass her. Uh, Sakura found her strength um, because of the words that Eno said to her when they were young, and resolving to fight Eno at full strength uh, when they when they flash back, right. I really liked the metaphor Eno used to describe Sakura. A bud yet to bloom that could turn out to be the most beautiful flower of all. Um, I thought that was beautiful, right? Like, and it moved Sakura to tears. So it, it was, it was a dope line and, and like a really, really like wholesome little moment in the show. I love that Sakura looked to Eno for inspiration. Catching up to and surpassing Eno has been a huge motivating factor for her, right? And this happens. I mean, this is like Naruto and Sasuke, and presumably Kakashi and Guy. Right, like these people are always competing, having these healthy, healthy competitions for the sake of, of, you know, individually, selfishly trying to be the best version of yourself that you can. 
and ultimately that process just sharpens the people around you especially whenever you have a system like what they're using here it's neat how these two know each other so well uh, and that all Sakura had to do was uh, put her headband on and Ino knew exactly what time it was and was able to put her headband on and like agree to this like new no holds barred fight and uh, how strong are these girls right I know that Neji was like is this really as strong as they can be but once they put their headbands on and like really started fighting and they they hit the they hit their hands together like sent a shockwave throughout the entire facility and so uh, clearly like it's a different level of strength that these girls possess as compared to what they were doing earlier in the fight and uh, so that's pretty much all the thoughts that I had on it written down it was a really great episode I had a lot of fun with it um, you know the flashbacks can get a little redundant I felt like there was maybe one too many flashbacks in this one um, but at the end of the day uh, they're, they're setting it up so that the next episode will be like the full fight the real fight right and so you got to see a real fight between Surugi and Konkuro then you got to see uh, like Ino and Sakura sparring and then like agreeing like okay neither of us are gonna win like this we've got to like really try and see who the better the better Kunoichi is um, but with that I feel as though I can put a pretty effective pin in this episode this is Joshua I'm your Konoha companion thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Konoha companion uh, you know go give us a follow on all the social media platforms um, participate in the comments you know we're trying to build a little community of like-minded folks online so that we can all um, enjoy the stuff together you know and uh, with that again I'm Joshua I'm your Konoha companion peace out guys